You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to another edition of the Hello Wing Column podcast alongside Mike Bassick. I'm Jared Sandler. We've been off for two weeks. We apologize for that, but we're happy to be back with you here today. Uh, hey, by the way, if you're listening to this and you enjoy it, feel free to share it. Retweet it, uh, post the link on Twitter, Facebook, social media, uh, whatever it takes. We'd certainly love to build the Hello Wing Column podcast listening community. All right, Mike. The Rangers. <laughs> this is interesting. They're, they're, ma- they're making this very interesting. We've got plenty to talk about. I, I do want to start with one individual storyline that doesn't really play into the Rangers playoff push uh, because I think this is pretty neat. Last night, Adrian Beltre had two RBIs. He tied Chipper Jones to the most RBIs ever by a primary third baseman. So a guy like Alex Rodriguez, not in the conversation. He actually played more games at short, uh, but you wouldn't consider him a primary third baseman. I don't think our, in, in RBI is as overrated as some. I also don't think it's, you know, as incredibly telling of an individual's ability as others. When Barry Bonds broke his broke the home run record, I think he had like 130-some-odd RBIs and hit 73 home runs because Marvin Bernard and Calvin Murray were hitting in front of him, guys who just couldn't get on base. You are sometimes a product of your lineup when it comes to RBIs. But at the same time, I do think that there is some skill to being able to drive guys in. 100%. So, just like winning a baseball game. I know that yeah. that can be a stat, just real quick, that people are saying it's overrated. Well, yeah, it can be if you're just going to go off of that. But there's also a winning trait that pitchers have in big situations to get out of situations and get that W on the board. So, you know, I, I probably, on a polarizing stat like an RBI, uh, you know, I, I fall somewhere in the middle. I think it's pretty neat, though, that Adrian Beltre is one RBI away from having more RBIs than any other third baseman. That, that to me, is pretty cool. That is really cool. Now, let me ask you this, because I haven't looked this up. Is it is that t- Chipper Jones's total RBIs for his career? Yeah, career. So it's so, not but, just while he was a third baseman. Okay, because I was like, he played one year as a left fielder. Yeah. You know, for the most part, they tried him out there, so he probably already has it. But then you have to take in designated hitter with Adrian Beltre too. And right, I think. But I think it's like you know, eighty percent of your games were played at a certain position or something. Okay. So it allows it allows for the utility aspect to still play into okay. your it's like when you look at catchers I was doing this with Pudge last week because of the jersey retirement well Pudge barely played some first base but there are some other catchers that would play first base but they were still primary catchers okay uh so yeah it, it's that's a good question Chipper Jones did move around a little bit it's his it's his career okay all right so the Rangers are what two games back yeah. they're starting to overtake some teams in this wild card race and about to play the worst team in the American League. About to play the worst team in the American League. Coming from L.A. 
for the next night, four games. On a night game. On a night game. By the way, real quick, I know this is hello win column in Texas Rangers. Uh, since Chicago just came from the Dodgers, Dodgers just had another walk-off win where they were down 4-2 to two late in the game. Yep. Do you think, because I'm starting to get a feeling that they could really have the greatest record in Major League Baseball history. Yeah, I think they could, uh, especially... I wonder if they care about it, because I saw where Kershaw told Darvish about his back. Uh, hey, we need you for the playoffs. Right. Uh, and then it makes me wonder how hard they'll go for it. I don't think they care about it, if you want me to be totally honest. Just based on the fact that that franchise here recently has been so good in the regular season, but not good at all in the playoffs. And that's kind of hanging over them. Uh, if this was a new thing, like, you know, if they had been bad for the last 10 years and they've emerged this year, I think that's different. Okay. Um, and I'm not sold on them, by the way, in the playoffs either. Uh, I need to see Kershaw healthy. Yeah. Um, the National League can be really tough. Yeah, the National League is way, way tougher than the American League. There's parity on both ends, yeah. but a different type of parity. And they're going to get the wild card team, who might be the second best team in the National League. Yeah. I, I think the Nationals are when they're healthy, but when you look at record-wise, uh, Colorado and Arizona should be winning most divisions in baseball, and they're 20 games out. Yeah, it, I think the National—I mean, I think the playoffs in general are going to be fun, but— the National League playoffs certainly uh, will be interesting, especially with the regular season dominance that the, the Dodgers are, yeah. are having. Yu uh, Darvish, by the way, left his start yesterday with back tightness yeah. uh, for Rangers fans on his birthday. So happy birthday, you. <laughs> um, hey, so, Mike, I, I'm curious how to approach this. So we, we can attack this on all sorts of angles. Obviously, there are a there is a section of Rangers fans who went into this year with big expectations. Okay. Uh, I don't know if... They necessarily thought that if the Rangers didn't win the division, it would be terrible. But I think they thought, well, the Rangers are going to be, you know, an 85 to 90 win team. Yeah. And the reality is for so long into the season, the Rangers just weren't that. Right. And I think that for some of those fans, their expectations were altered because they were resigned to the fact that, well, this might not be a playoff team. And, you know, this isn't the type of team that we thought. And this isn't our year and all that stuff. And I wonder if now people have had a shift in expectations to where this playoff run is really fun and kind of an underdog story as opposed to, well, they should have been in there in the first place. You know, like, I, I, I wonder, sure. I wonder if sure. some people have a shift in mentality because I, I think right now the Rangers are going to have a fun last six weeks because they're kind of coming from behind yeah. to make the playoffs, even if expectations before the year for some or that they should have been in this place to begin with. I'm with you. Uh, the job that I do here on 105.3 The Fan is talk all sports. And I thought after the trade deadline, whew, I'm glad the Cowboys are starting <laughs> because uh, it could get really ugly here with uh, some of the things that the Rangers are possibly going to do after trading uh, Darvish and LaCroix. And it hasn't. It's become more exciting. So uh, I can talk more baseball here in August than I thought I was going to be able to talk. Um, it's a, right now a fun team. And, you know, and, and you say that, and I don't want to just put it on winning because winning is fun and losing stinks. There's no other way to put it. It's as basic as that. But watching Joey Gallo transform into one of the better hitters in Major League Baseball uh, to become really a middle-of-the-lineup guy here in the second half of the season, Elvis is the best shortstop in the American League. He didn't make the all-star team, but now with Correa, or Carlos Correa getting hurt, uh, Lindor's had a 
pretty good year, but not up to his expectations. We so, would take Lindor moving forward, but right. this year in a yeah. vacuum, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and so... And Correa has been better. He's just hurt. Yes, yes. Yeah. And and so you just start looking at some of the storylines, and you got through the 3,000 hits, and the Pudge Day was unbelievable. And you just... I am, and I think Ranger fans are really enjoying this because you felt like on July 31st, your team had given up, and rightfully so, but you're right there in it, and you have the easiest record, I believe, Jared. I know you just got through with Detroit, and I know that was part of it. I believe the Rangers have the easiest record. Um, schedule. Schedule, I'm sorry, out of the rest of the teams uh, competing for the wild card spot. Yeah, I, I haven't seen like an updated uh, slate yeah. on that because the but percentage. Yes, yes, yeah, I believe so. All right, so you hit on a few things here. Let's start with Joey Gallo. I, I'm curious from your perspective mm-hmm. what you've seen from Joey Gallo here in the second yeah. half that's led to this okay. somewhat dramatic shift, to be honest with you. Uh, one, number one, patience at the plate. He's Everybody's going to swing at balls. There's nobody. The closest ever is Barry Bonds to not swinging at a ball <laughs> yeah. outside of the zone. But he has good plate discipline right now. Uh, the other thing, where are most of his home runs going? They're going to the center field area. Yes, there are some that are pulled, uh, but he's letting the ball travel. He's letting the ball get deeper into the zone to make sure it's a strike. And because of his bat speed, uh, he's able to see the ball a little bit longer, and then he's driving the ball to the center part of the field. Now, I think he'll still be a streaky hitter. Right now we're going through an awesome streak. But when you're seeing a guy who's having a lot more patience at the plate from early in the year and definitely last year. And then his home runs are being driven to around the center field area. This is really exciting for me that the Rangers, that Joey Gallo might live up to the huge expectation of being a guy who could, uh, I don't know when, but could be a guy who bats 275 with 50 home runs. That's huge. That's an MVP year. Yeah. But he's, He's showing in the second half that he could put that together for a season. I don't know if he could do it for eight seasons in a row, but he could have one of those years that was very Chris Davis-like the year that, I guess, did he win the MVP or did he fall short? Might have fell short of Cabrera at the time. Yeah, I I know he was top three. I can pull that up. Okay, but anyways. But no, it was an MVP type year, regardless of whether you win the award or not. But Joey Gallo, that's what's exciting for me is there's a potential – MVP candidate in there. Chris Davis that year was third in the MVP balloting. Okay. But you're right. He is. And and again, I, I, I hate to uh, beat a, a dead horse of this, but it's not like Joey Gallo is an offense-only guy. I think we saw yesterday the base running. Yeah, the uh, You know, he adds that. Yeah. And and then go, he scored, was it two nights ago, he scored on a bang-bang play because of his wheels. Yeah. And his, you know, it was a good slide. Defensively, he's, he's to me... I think he's pretty good in the outfield. Um, yeah, and he's going to get better, yeah. too, if that's where he plays next year. Man, I'm pulling for that. I really am. Uh, I think that he can have an impact beyond just play a role there. Yeah, and I'll go to another part real quick. How many balls does Nomar Mazzara give up on that he makes Odor catch that Odor should not be catching? And the, so that goes to if – I'm going to go to this. Willie Calhoun, because yeah. since we haven't talked a lot about him, I believe, on the podcast, he's, he's showing that he's ready – to play in the major leagues when you need him. And he's going to be your left fielder. But 
I watch Mazzara out there give up on balls, struggle to get balls, uh, and I think to myself, boy, if Gallo is the right fielder and Calhoun is the left fielder and you have a good center fielder going forward defensively, now that helps out the pitching staff a whole bunch. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And back to the, the Mazzara thing, Hixie and I talked about it last night late. Uh, you know, Rugi's got room to grow defensively. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, the the potential... Lot. The potential is there. You see the athleticism. I mean, just look at what he does on the bases. Not that that means anything, but, you know, he's got the ability to have really good range. He's got, you know, a good second base arm. One thing he is really good at is going back on pop-ups. Yeah, turning double plays. Turning double plays, too. He's got room to improve in a lot of areas. But thank gosh he is good at going back on pop-ups because yeah. Nomar Mazzara uh, does at times struggle. You're right, coming yeah. in. Uh so just a quick note on Gallo. Okay. Uh, you know, his chase rate, according to Fangraphs, there are 159 qualifiers. Joey Gallo chases the 48th most frequently, which is, you know, it's in the top half. Uh, you'd rather be in the bottom half, I guess. But, uh, you know, he's not. He was number one, I bet, last year. Right. Well, I mean, and, and, only, he might not qualify or whatever. I don't no, know. yeah, he was chasing. He was swinging at everything. And my point is. You know, there are 47 hitters who chase way more, or not necessarily way more, but more than Joey Gallo out of 159 qualifiers. That's not a terrible place to be for a big-time home run hitter. You know, if he was a singles hitter, then that would kind of be weird. But yeah. home run hitters are going to are gonna swing. And, and I know that that's throughout the whole season. Throughout the whole season. So I don't, yeah, I can, yeah let me try to look. You know, if you just give per month, I bet July was really good, and August is probably phenomenal. So, I mean, that's the improvement of a younger guy. I I will say this from a mental standpoint or an intellectual standpoint, however you want to characterize it, I have been impressed with, you know, things he said throughout the year. And one thing he said recently was that, you know, I'm starting to learn how guys are going to pitch me, and I'm learning how guys are going to pitch me in certain situations. He drew a walk. I think it was in New York against the Mets. He drew a walk. Eric and Matt asked him about it. And he just talked about, hey, I knew with this situation they probably weren't going to throw me any pitches. So I wasn't going to, you know, I wasn't going to go and, and try and be a hero when yeah. they were going to give me a base. Yeah. And I just, you know, there, there are guys who say things and you kind of roll your eyes. I don't think the way he's talked this year can, can be force-fed uh, through his mouth. I, I think, like, this is Joey talking. I, and I know Joey – He's not someone who's going to throw out company lines. You yeah. know, it's not that he's defiant, but he just that's his personality. He's going to talk. He'll, he'll yeah. tell you how he feels. There, it's been really impressive. And I can't I can only go on this, not being his teammate or being around him every day. He gives good interviews. And he, does, he, yeah. he seems to be in those interviews um an educated guy where where you're just not like boy, he's just going up there and swinging I I'll, example if you're talking to Josh Hamilton after you're done, you're like, yeah. he's just going to swing the bat. Yeah. There's there's no approach except if they throw it and it's close enough, I'm going to swing it and hit it hard. And you're just like, man, you are so talented, number one overall pick in a draft. He can do that and get away with that. If most human beings in the major leagues had Josh Hamilton's approach, they would all bat under 200. But because of his talent, he could not really think at times and still be a good player. Well, your Rudy Jaramillo story still to me is classic. But uh, yeah, I think the most encouraging thing here about Gallo is that he is showing that he can be yeah. a middle-of-the-order bat. He will also still go through major slumps. Yep. Uh, Aaron Judge is going through a major slump right now. He's He just set the major league record 33 games in a row with a strikeout. Yeah. So 
it will happen. I'm not saying it'll be 33 games in a row for Joey, but the approach that Aaron Judge has, that Joey Gallo has, Chris Davis, you can go down the list of a few other guys, they're going to have major slumps at times. So, Ranger fans, you are still going to have to live with major slumps with Joey, but know at the end of the year, it looks like at the end of the year, the guy will always have 40-something home runs or more, and he should, I think, going forward, Jared, because I think he'll be up in the lineup more than batting eighth, where he batted a lot this year. He will have 80 to 100 RBIs. Yeah, and, you know, with Gallo, too, you know, he's 23 years old. He's like three and a half years younger than Aaron Judge. He's, and I'm looking at, thinking of like the guys who are hitting a lot of home runs this year. He's like four years younger than Giancarlo Stanton. He's one year older than Cody Bellinger. You know, there's room to grow here. Yeah. You know, it, it's not a guarantee. Sometimes we look at age and say, well, he's 22, he's 23, he's 24, he's going to get better. Yeah. Well, it's on the player. I yeah. mean, there, there's certain guys who go in the opposite direction, but I do think he's the type of guy who will get better. I want to change the subject here, Jared. Well, hold on. I got – okay, I was just going to say one thing. Okay. Uh, with Gallo hitting in the middle, uh-huh. I like how that's <laughs> opened up Rugi's ability to be aggressive on the bases because yeah, because batting lower in the order because yeah. you don't have to, when when Gallo's hitting behind you what does it matter if you run he's going to hit a home run you yeah. don't want to cost yourself a run by getting thrown out yeah uh, I I think and I'm not saying Rugi needs to hit for the rest of his career seventh or eighth or whatever but in this particular stretch having Gallo hit fifth and Rugi hit behind him I think has allowed Rugi to to show off that athleticism on the bases go ahead okay I totally agree with that. Now, when you look at the wild card standings, how much did you care about run differential last year that the Rangers put up the best record but had horrible run differential? Yeah, so, again, just like with a lot of these. What? You know where I'm going here? I know where you're going, yeah. Uh, So, I'll tell you my thoughts last year, and I think we talked about it on the the podcast. It's it's, it's not great when you have a horrible run differential. Um, It's one of those stats, like, everyone looked at it and said, well, because the run differential was this or that, then it's guaranteed that this or that's going to happen. I do think that over the course of 162 games, you're able to get a pretty good picture. Uh, and run differential to me is is something that can tell a story, but it's not a definitive statistic yeah. that tells an entire story. Like, you, Basic, you could be playing your 20th game in 20 days and just go out and crap the bed and lose by 20. Yeah. That's a pretty significant dent to your run differential, but that's <laughs> yeah. just one loss. Right. You know, so... I think run differential is telling, uh, but I don't think that I can just look at a team's run differential compared to another team and tell you that that team is better or that team is worse. Here's what I'm hoping, because the Rangers have a big positive in run differential. I believe now they're at 28, I think, for the year, plus 28. And every team competing for the second wild card spot, because the Yankees have a big plus there at number one. Yeah. They all have a negative. So here's what I'm hoping, because I'm with you, Jared, on it. I just wanted to say, screw you guys that think the Rangers aren't going to do good in the playoffs because of run differential. And it ended up playing out that the Rangers get swept and and didn't have a good playoff series. I'm hoping that those people are saying, boy, when you look at odds of the team winning the second wild card spot, when you look at run differential, by the month of August and September – the Rangers are going to be the team out of this jumble of teams that's going to come out on top because they're the only team that's scoring more runs than giving up throughout the season. Yeah, it, what I'll say is it's funny that's what, that— That's what my hope is. Yeah, no, and I think it's funny that last year so many people were talking about run differential, 
uh, as a negative, as a slight against the Rangers. No one's talking about it now when it would work in their favor. Yeah. Like, I haven't, I've barely seen anyone tweet, well, the Rangers are really a lot better than they are because look at their run differential compared to everyone else's. Yeah. You know, so, um, all right, hey, I got a question for you. Go. Uh, with you, Darvish, pitching last night uh-huh. and with the Rangers winning, someone asked me, do the Rangers regret trading you, Darvish? Great question. Uh, and so it is. It really is a great question. And you know what? If the Rangers make the playoffs, it's going to stink not having you, Darvish, in the rotation because the rotation just, you know, it's not going to be one of the, the better rotations in the playoffs. Especially, but, okay, let me, I'm, man, I hate changing subjects on you, but would you rather have Kashner pitch the wild card game or Cole Hamels? If you I'd it? rather, I, can I take a cop-out answer? I'd rather have whoever's turn is closer to being up. Like, right. I, I mean, because I don't think the Rangers are going to be able to, I, I to map it. it out. Yeah. Um, I would rather have, in general, like if they were both healthy. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I don't have blind confidence that Cole Hamels is going to get it done because he's gotten it done in the past. Yeah. You know, I think some people like have this idea like, oh, it's Cole Hamels. He'll just throw him out in any situation. I don't have that. Yeah. Uh, I still think I'd probably rather have Cole Hamels. Okay. Oh, you know what? Here, this will be my answer. I'll, I'll even say that I'll put them on equal footing. If the team they're playing is better against righties, than Cole. Okay. If they're better against lefties, I'll go Cashner. Okay. Whereas maybe last year I would have said, you know, hey, I mean, yeah. obviously Cashner had a horrible year last year, but in the past I probably would have said Cole Hamels regardless. Right. That's that's my answer. Okay. Now, sorry to interrupt you, Darvish, no, but that way you would have three guys instead of possibly two, yeah. two guys. So let's mm. let's play out the situation here, and and let's also understand that the vocal majority on Twitter, which doesn't necessarily represent the vocal majority in general, but the vocal majority on Twitter at three o'clock when it did not appear as if you Darvish was getting traded, they were livid. Um, so let's just you know add okay. that in for context. Uh, the Rangers. We're just, you know, wrapping up a stretch where they were not beating bad teams. They were four games under 500, and their playoff odds were well below 10%. Right. So the right play, in my opinion, was to take advantage of you Darvish's ability and value to a contender and try and get something in return. We don't need to get into a discussion, you know, about how little leverage the Rangers had. Uh, you know, that's that's a discussion of three weeks ago. I don't blame the Rangers for trading you, Darvish, uh, because it did not appear at that time that they were going to make the playoffs, and it really didn't even appear at that time that they were going to make a playoff push. Right? They just, you know, you had a hundred games to go off of if you're the front office, and there was nothing about what you had seen over those one hundred games that told you, you know what, this team. Uh, has given us enough confidence to hold on to you, Darvish. It's not to say that they couldn't look at this roster and foresee a, a a spark, which is what has happened. But man, you'd really be rolling the dice, and you got to play the percentages here in some cases. And if the Rangers, if the Rangers didn't make the playoffs, they'd be caught with their pants down. And hey, we're talking right now. The Rangers might totally collapse, yeah, or they might not, but still miss the playoffs. So you know. It, I don't I don't regret trading you Darvish. I don't either and I think part of the reason they're winning games right now is cuz they traded you Darvish. Not that he was a bad teammate, not that he was a bad pitcher. I think for the guys, they got a little bit upset. They were saying, "Hey, why why are you giving up? 
they don't know any better. Even a guy like Adrian Beltre, right? I mean, he's he's he was not happy with the trade of you, Darvish. What the heck, guys? We've put in all this time in spring training. I've I've put in the time to rehab. We're only three and a half games out. That's how every single player in that locker room looked at it, not the way that we can look at it right. as fans or it's, analysts. It's of tougher the game. for them to take a step back. Right. So I think part of the well, let's show them uh, who we are. If people don't believe in us now, I'm not saying that can carry for two whole months, but I do think part of the better play is that, Hey, you guys traded you Darvish. You, you played bad enough that your front office had to trade him because you never proved that you guys were good enough to do what you're doing now. Right. So I do think there is a little bit of motivation from the you Darvish trade Overall, like I'm, I'm with you. You'd love to have them if you do make the wild card and make the real playoffs. But ultimately, uh, I'm coming around on that you got a guy who could potentially hit 40 home runs in your lineup uh, in Willie Calhoun because he's going to hit probably 30 this year in the minor leagues. Without a month in September, he'll probably come up and be a, uh, a bench player. And just curious, what, how does Oklahoma City's ballpark play? It plays better for right-handed hitters. Okay, and he's a left-handed hitter. Yeah, as cool. a left-hander, it's tougher. Now, if you can go oppo a lot yeah. easier in, in Oak City. And I think Round Rock's tougher on left-handed hitters, too, if I'm yes. not mistaken. Yes, So, you just look at those stats, 27 in AA. This year, uh, I think, what, he's close to 30, right? Yeah, I think he's getting up there. Yeah, if you're doing that at his young of an age, and it's tough to project what a guy in the minor leagues will do compared to what he'll do in the major leagues. But if you traded for a 40-home run guy, and you're still probably this year, if the Rangers play great and get the second wild card spot, they'll probably win 83, 84 games. It's still really tough to me to project out that they will make a playoff run, even if they had you, Darvish. So I'm okay with it, especially uh, the potential of Willie Calhoun being a left fielder who pops uh, 35 to 40 home runs a year and can bat 280 to 320 in the major leagues. You're getting really excited about Willie. I'd say 280 and 30 home runs. I mean, okay. I, I think he'd get it 300, but uh, I don't want people screaming at us two years from now, be like, here's that 40 home well, run. Well, two years, that's yeah. as a look, it takes no, I know, a little I know. bit of time, yeah. but it's in there. He's got imp- he's got middle of the order bat potential. Yeah. That's all right. I mean, that's, I mean, there are people who have said things who have watched players of all ages for years and years and years and years longer than I've been alive who rave about this guy and say that he is a hitter unlike any they've ever seen. Not that he's the greatest hitter ever, but that he's got such a unique skill set and, and, you know, combination of abilities. He is going to be a very good hitter for a long time. That's exciting. Okay. Uh, here's what I do think. I don't know if regret's the right word, but I wonder if they're sitting around the, the bonfire making s'mores Wondering if maybe they should have been more aggressive trying to get another reliever. Uh, and, and we got Ricky. Uh, that, okay, well, we got to talk about him in a second. But and and the Rangers still can maybe get a reliever here this month. You know, I don't know who's out there uh, who's been you know put on waivers, who's gone through waivers. Jake Diekman. Well, I'm saying on you know, other teams. <laughs> I know. Oh, you're saying adding Jake. Well, hey, I mean, he could help. We'll talk. We'll talk about that in a second. But I do wonder if if maybe they I, – I guess this is what I'd say. I'd love to know how close they were to adding a reliever. 
Not a big budget reliever. Not talking about Zach Britton. Not talking about Brad Brock. But adding a reliever who wasn't going to cost a ton who could help out. And you know what? If you didn't make the playoffs or didn't even come close at the end of the year, you say, oh, whatever. You know, we're not going to ever regret the day we traded blank for blank reliever. All right. Okay. Let's start with Jake Diekman. Great news today. He's going to pitch for double-A Frisco, uh, 15-pitch rehab outing. Uh, this is tremendous news. I still will say that I'm putting zero expectation on him for this year. Yeah, I agree. But, man, what type of an addition would that be if he, he comes will, back ready to roll? The thing is, is he will come up on September 1. I bet that's – I don't. I haven't talked to anybody, but I'm assuming that's the plan. You're going to pitch until September 1, and then when we can expand the roster to 40 guys, Jake Diekman will be on the team – and they'll pitch him in a couple non-pressure yeah. situations to see how he does. If he looks like 2015 or the first half of 2016 Jake Diekman, bam, we got something really special going forward to face Robinson Cano, uh, to face, um, why am I drawing a blank on the guy who bats second for the Angels? Um, Cole Calhoun. Cole Calhoun. I'm um, yeah. just giving you some... Some examples of here in September, there could be some lefty on lefties. And I know that's not Jake Diekman's super specialty, but it gives you that option in the fifth or sixth inning. Yonder Alonzo, right? He's yeah, a lefty. And, of yeah. bringing in Jake Diekman. That's exciting. So, and I think that's a good point. A, a healthy Jake Diekman probably profiles as a very good one inning, late inning reliever, right? Like, yeah. you know, he's not just a lefty specialist, but. If that's if that's what they can get out of him this year to get lefties out with the way that they've shifted Alex Claudio's role, that's huge because that is one thing that they're missing. Yeah, they don't really have a guy, a lefty one out guy that they're comfortable using because Alex Claudio's now pitching late innings. Yeah, so that'd be big. But and, I would also just yeah. caution people. I mean, the guy's you know stomach was like totally reworked here. Yeah, we don't know how long it's going to take for him to get back to the type of physical condition to you know, pitch at that level. But it's a great story, and, you know, it could end up making a difference. And that would be a really neat story, too. Yeah. Um, all right. Kind of like the Bettis story. Yeah, yeah. Chad Bettis come back from testicular cancer. How cool is that, by the way? Really cool. I didn't know he was a Texas Tech guy. I yeah. Guess I just totally forgot, but grew up here in, in Lubbock, Texas, and so awesome story. All right, Ricky Rodriguez. Is there any times you want to call him Ricky Ricardo by accident? I, I almost did yesterday. Hixie <laughs> calls him Ricky Ricardo like off air all the time. Oh, okay. Uh I wanna I wanna label him as my guy. It, it could have been our guy, but you didn't work the Frisco game two Sundays ago with Murph and I. When we yeah. that was the last time he pitched uh for Frisco before getting called up, and he was great. I mean, it was just like ninth inning, get in, get out, see you later. A little better than Sadzik. It was a little yeah, a little better than Sadzik. <laughs> Shame. Uh I immediately texted some people. You texted me. I texted you. I texted. I was like, I love this guy. And, you know, sure enough, two days later, because of Keone Kella's injury, what he gets know? caught up. Kiala should pitch in three more games this year for the Rangers. He over under? Yeah. You take the over or under? I don't know. It just matters how he feels after throwing <laughs> 17 pitches. Man, I hope he doesn't hear that. Uh, no. So, yeah. No, I know. It, yeah. It's the, it's the, the truth. The availability has been tough. I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to put Ricky Rodriguez on this like enormous pedestal for this year, though I do think he'll be a late-inning reliever for the Rangers, barring health for years to come. But, man, seems like this guy's extending your bullpen. It's, it's only two innings, and this is not fair at all, and two two appearances. Um, 
I like him more than Leclerc because he seems to know where the ball's going when he releases. Great it. command. I mean, that's that that's been a part of his his year is yeah. the ability to throw strikes. He has a quiet delivery. What I mean by that, some people would maybe say not violent, effortless. Uh, it, yeah, effortless. Where Leclerc is uh, a lot of effort, a lot of head movement, and when his head is quiet, uh, for the most part, Leclerc is very good. When it's not, it leads to almost. 30 walks in almost 40 innings. It's interesting that you bring up those two guys. I asked Jose Guzman, former Rangers pitcher, currently yeah. does Rangers radio broadcasts on the Spanish side with Elena Ornelas, what he thought of Rodriguez. And he used, I mean, he talked about his ability to hide the ball with the way he positions like his body. Yep. Uh, but then he also talked about the low effort. And he compared him directly to Jose Leclerc. And Guzzi was saying, you know, I've, I've tried to talk to Leclerc to – to get him to maybe dial it down a bit because yeah. he still has the ability to throw hard, but it would help the control. Yeah. Uh, so that is interesting. I, <laughs> I me, mean, it's amazing. You, you and you and Guzzi, man, you guys are both bald. I mean, it's um, it's um, yes, yesterday. I uh, Lane Lewis. I was pitching with uh, Cole Hamels, and I called every pitch before he threw it or before it was called. I said, "Man, it was like I was left-handed in the major leagues." <laughs> you got them all. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it was a big situation, and I could yeah. see. I, I was like, "This is what I would do." And here, I throw a changeup down and away, and he totally missed. And I said, "Man, after missing that bad, I, is two and zero." I said, "You just got to grip a two seamer, throw fastball away here, try to hit your spot, and hope you get a ground ball that's hit to somebody." Throws the two seamer away, two zero, two hopper, pretty hard hit. Third. Was to it third, to third? Yep, yeah, to third base. And I was like, "Look, that's what you in that situation with the bases loaded, you have to throw a strike there." And you just got to make a good pitch knowing you're probably not going to get a swing and miss. The ball's probably going to be hit pretty decent. You just have to hope that your infielder makes a play for you. Yep, and you're going to hit it to an infielder, hit it to Beltre. Yep. All right, we got one question here from a listener from Andrew. Would you be okay rolling with Delino and Drew Robinson in center field for 2018 if that money was allocated elsewhere? It's an interesting question. It's a realistic possibility. Uh, You know, the money could be allocated to Carlos Gomez. I'd say a three-year, $30 million deal could be realistic, and – He's definitely been the best defensive center fielder this team has. All this rain's giving him a fungus. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, uh, hopefully he's <laughs> hopefully he's back in the lineup. I do love the idea of of finding ways to get Delino in there, um, and he's had a pretty good year, by the way. I mean, he's hitting two eighty. Yeah, he's getting on base. He's yeah. getting on base better than major. I have no average. problem with him hitting. Yeah, I don't want him in center regularly. And and frankly, I know Drew Robinson made a great catch the other night. <sighs> Maybe I'm being harsh. I feel like. A good center fielder doesn't have to die for that because that good center fielder gets a better read. Is that well, is that yeah, the read you got? Uh, uh, well, I was really impressed with it. He was playing deeper, so when you're yeah. not as confident or not as uh, experienced, you're going to play deeper, so you have a longer way to run to get to that ball. But to your point, yeah, if Adam Jones was out there, somebody like that, it's probably not a diving play. Um, I would be scared to death if that if I was a pitcher. And let's just say you told me, for the most part, next year you would have Mazzara in right and DeShields in center with Drew Robinson giving him time off. I would say do your best to not have the ball hit in the air to to center field or the right side uh, because there's going to be a lot of balls that fall in. I would, in a perfect world, that's not my center field combo. If those guys get opportunities to play center to supplement my primary defensive center fielder or primary center fielder, that's fine. I think that Robinson's defensive upside is higher than DeShields' defensive upside, even though DeShields' speed uh, is great uh, and, and better. I do like the idea of Drew Robinson being a part of the mix. Yeah. I, I, 
I didn't know that I was going to say that about next year, this year. But I do yeah. like him being a part of the mix on the 25-man. Yeah. I, I just, we both have talked about defense so much. I'd love for the Rangers to get a guy who can just captain center field from a defensive standpoint yeah. and I've, be really good. I've never seen an outfielder boot as many ground balls as the Shields does. Anytime there's a runner on base and he feels like he has to charge the ball hard, which he's doing the right thing by charging it hard, but he just breaks down late. And then it's like he's using a frying pan to catch the <laughs> ground ball and it hits his glove. He doesn't miss it, but it just hits his glove really hard and boom, 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 and then bounces away. And then everybody gets to the next base wherever they were trying to get to easy because there's no play because he, he's a 50 50 guy on just catching the ground ball. Yeah, he has struggled with that. There's no doubt about it. Um, all right. Happy uh, birthday else? yesterday to him. Happy birthday, Delano. Hey, what, he had two or three hits? Whatever yeah. it was. Got yeah, base. yeah, three yeah. hits, I believe. Yeah. And it might have been all in consecutive innings. Oh, yeah, because they were. I hey, know you've this? given up on keeping the box. Score, no, I, I, oh. it was that one game. Oh. My goodness. <laughs> um, how about yeah. this, Mike? 25 base runners yesterday. Yeah, that's why I was. If I was the Tigers' uh, pitching staff, I, we used all of them. I'd say, "Hey, man, look, twelve guys left on base. We did our job, right? <laughs> yeah, we we uh, we got all these guys staying on base without scoring. It could have been a lot worse on yeah. both sides, honestly. Oh yeah, it could have. It, that could have been, and probably should have been, if guys would have hit better with runners in scoring position. That probably should have been an eighteen to ten ball game. Yeah, Brad Osmus was managing like it was September. He was just using every pitcher possible. I was wondering. I was just like. And they did. They used them all. They they, they left one guy. Oh, they were Warwick Soppold oh, was the man. only guy. He must really suck. Well, he pitched the day before. Oh, yeah. Which didn't stop him from using six other guys who no. pitched the day before. I was cause well, I was thinking to myself real quick, why why does he care? Yeah. The game's over. Just let the guy get Just, one yeah. more out. He's managing like a guy who's not gonna be managing the Tigers next year, I'll tell you that. Really? Oh yeah. I mean I think it's contrary. He's a lame duck manager. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Anything else? Final thoughts? No, I wouldn't want to take that job. The Tigers job? Nope. Not much going on there in the farm system. No, and they're going to try to trade. They're going to try to trade this offseason. Kinsler. Well, they got to. I think Kinsler's a free agent. Oh, okay. Well, then he's gone. They're going to try to trade Verlander again. The you know I wouldn't be surprised. I think it'll be tough if they try to trade Cabrera. Uh, maybe they try to get something for Upton, which will be tough because I know he has a bigger contract. Yeah. But I think who's ever coming in there is taking a team that their goal next year is to not lose 100 games. Yeah, that's fair. By the way, man, if if it's September 1st and Justin Verlander is not on the Astros, I, come on. I mean, like, I'm happy. Like, I don't want him to get traded to the Astros, but my goodness, Houston. It's funny, isn't it? It's Yeah, it's really funny. They don't seem to care about, they're like, hey, we did it. We made the playoffs. I don't know. All right. Unless they lose it. 1%. There's oh, no if they! Way. Oh my gosh! If they lost the division, I what did you say? The that one, that was the the one road trip you said. If the Rangers win X games, you'll throw a pizza party, whatever it was. Oh yeah, and they did. It was Houston and Washington. If the Astros lose the division, I will it throw cost a, me about three hundred bucks. Okay, I will throw just to give you an idea. Will you? Will you? Hey, I need you to to step up to the plate here with me. We'll each. Throw five hundred dollars into a pot and have a one thousand dollar pizza party for fan what? fans if the Astros lose the division. No, dude, that's like a less than one percent chance. Pony up five hundred dollars. I've learned about my betting ways. They always lose. All right, I will contribute five hundred. Yes, five hundred dollars is a great pizza party. You okay. will not run out of pizza on five hundred dollars. Okay, there you go. That's what we'll do. 
All right, he's Mike. I'm Jared. Thanks for joining <laughs> us back next week here on 105.3thefan.com.